0: Good morning, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, Findlay Area Apartment Association President Tom Ross explains why that group is heading up a ballot initiative to change a trio of city ordinances regarding zoning code changes, penalties for property code violations, and citizen input at council meetings, all of which have been hot-button issues of late. The Red Cross last week recognized and celebrated its volunteers who are critical to carrying out the work they do both locally and around the country. And more are always needed. We'll get details, And we'll get an update on continuing summer events, along with a preview of the upcoming 2023-24 season of shows at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. Heather Clough will tell us what's happening. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition. For Monday, June 26th, twenty twenty three So we get the week started, right? What did you, head back to work and um, <laughs> heading back to work this is a perfect story for heading back to work on a uh, Monday. I saw this on the uh, on the newswire. This was um, actually uh, uh, an item that went viral online the other day. David Figueroa And I don't know where David is from. Oh, it says uh, San Diego. He uh, is a postal worker out of San Diego. And uh, he posted online, and this went viral, that he has found, and this may be some uh, advice for married folk out there, particularly married guys, is that he found that the state of his lunches, which are lovingly prepared by his wife every day, is a nonverbal barometer of the state of their relationship. (laughs) Mr. Figueroa... Uh, gives a quirky insight into his married life, um, posting humorous and candid videos to the video-sharing app TikTok, where he revealed how his wife's mood and her feelings about their recent interactions directly impact the content and quality of the lunch that she packs for him. Uh, For example, in, in the first video, he said his... He noted noticed that his wife's feelings toward him the previous day directly influenced the quality of his packed lunch the next day. Um, the night before, he was tossing and turning, affecting, uh, affecting his wife's sleep. And so the next day, she gives me both butt ends of the bread, barely any meat, no cheese, a squirt of something, and barely any mayonnaise. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he posted this with a mix of humor and disappointment. Um... And then the uh, the sequel is a little bit better. He uh, showcased how a fantastic weekend with his wife led to a remarkable improvement in his lunch. He said he treated his wife to a date after which he discovered a delightfully loaded lunchbox. The moral of the story, um, make sure that you treat your partner well. Uh, I would suggest that perhaps the moral of the story is start packing your own dang lunch. You know what I mean? Maybe an even better piece of advice. Start back in your own dang lunch. Uh, let's see. What else is going on in the uh, uh, first things you need to know this morning? The most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Fourth of July, right around the corner now. It is uh, a week from tomorrow. Which American favorite wins? Speaking of food, which American favorite wins the Fourth of July? uh all-american barbecue is at hot dogs or hamburgers on the grill. Uh Instacart data on these iconic american foods finds that hot dogs are actually more popular in 30 american states. Uh state-by-state breakdown. 30 states prefer hot dogs. However, the entire Pacific Northwest prefers burgers. Uh Washington, Oregon, uh and also Florida. Uh, has a preference for burgers among the 20 states that prefer patties. Plenty of Americans, though it says, enjoy both uh, items likely to be purchased in the same cart as hot dog. Uh, as, as hot dogs include hot dog buns, uh, of course, hamburger buns, um, bratwurst, canned chili, and beef patties. So those are uh, some of the most um, purchased items. Round about the 4th of July relish sales also, interestingly, increased by 79% for the week of July 4th. And they theorize that that's because people already have the other condiments, ketchup, mayo, mustard at home, but we don't typically buy relish unless we're doing something special. Apparently this is a special condiment for many of us. Um, and of course, there are plenty of people who like both hot dogs and hamburgers and those who uh do brats and other things uh on the uh, on the grill so there you go the uh the latest uh, breakdown of the eternal question of which is more popular burgers uh burgers or dogs um speaking of going grocery shopping. This is kind of interesting, a study actually out of Sweden, but it holds true globally. They say if you are looking to save money, the thing that I love about July 4th is that everything goes on sale, which is uh, which is great whether or not you are having a party at your place. You can stock up on things, especially like the non-perishable things. I love it when like drinks go on sale uh, because you can stock up and get through the entire rest of the summer and not have to buy anything. Anyway, uh, if you save money on uh, by choosing discounts from your grocery store flyers for the 4th of July or whenever, you may be purchasing more unhealthy foods than you should. Uh, this study finds that the majority of grocery store ads feature foods that go against recommended dietary guidelines, which I think is the first thing we're thinking about. When we are planning our 4th of July barbecue, right? Our 4th of July get-together. What's healthy? What's healthy? In an analysis of about 30,000 products, high-sugar foods and drinks were advertised the most. Uh, the ones that uh, go on sale the most. Two-thirds of these grocery flyers contain unhealthy or essentially unhealthy foods. Some food chains even tend to promote more unhealthy foods in areas with poorer Socioeconomic conditions. The uh, head researcher of this study, Monica Hunsberger, emphasized the importance of designing food environments that make healthy decision making easier for consumers. So, true spirit of taking the fun out of everything. There you go. And a couple of other items here among the first things you need to know this morning. Kind of a weird news story. I don't know if you heard about this a hangar at the johnson space center in houston uh is ha- has begun a one-year residency for four non-astronauts this began on sunday um it is they have created a setting designed to stim- to uh, simulate life on mars and they've got four non-astronauts who will spend one year in residency in this hangar at the Johnson Space Center that has been designed to simulate life on Mars. NASA says the goal is to examine the potential physical and mental effects of arriving on and then living, uh, living in the uh, environment of the red planet for at least a year, because that's what they keep talking about, not just going to Mars, but staying there, colonizing the red planet. And so they want to find out what the physical and mental effects of that are. I don't know how they can test the physical effects uh, of being in a uh, very different gravitational environment. But the crew consists of two men and two women. They were selected among applicants that NASA recruited when the experiment was first announced two years ago. And I'm thinking, this is how uh, scary movies uh, start, you know? They always start with an experiment like this, and uh, you know they all end up killing each other in the end in these movies. I don't know. Are they going to turn it into a reality show or something? I don't know. And finally, among the first things you need to know this morning, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day, we were talking about the eternal debate over hamburgers and hot dogs on the 4th of July. Here is an even bigger debate, perhaps. Uh, And that is, how often do you wash, do you launder your jeans? Denim has been around for more than a century and a half. And the question of how and when to launder said garments has been around for almost as long. Though many people, it says here, choose to never wash their jeans. Never? Really? Never? Uh, It says, though many people choose never to wash their jeans Uh, Levi's design creator, Paul O'Neill, personally shared that he washes them every 30 to 50 wears. Between 30 and 50 times, you wear them before. Hmm. He tells uh, the Australian Financial Review that he recommends washing jeans alone by themselves, not with other garments. Uh, Wash them alone on a gentle cycle with cold water so that the color doesn't fade unless you want the color to fade but these days you can buy pre-faded jeans so you don't need to fade the color so the color doesn't fade you wash them in cold and hang them outside to dry never tumble dry he says the more you wash your denim the lighter it will become losing indigo with each wash however he explained that how often jeans should be washed is really a matter of personal preference and there is no official recommendation from the company. So now you know. I don't know. I have a very simple uh, method for determining when it's time to wash my jeans. When do they start smelling? I mean, that's when (laughs) have you done enough in your jeans, uh, you know, worn them enough times that it's, you kind of know, you know, it's time to wash them. And I'm, but yeah, I don't uh, wash them every I don't think many people do. I don't know. It is the uh, eternal debate you can discuss amongst yourselves. There you go. Uh, That is uh, some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories. The first things you need to know to get your Monday morning started.
1: WFIN News. I'm Matt Demchak. Your WTOL 11 weather. Showers and storms possible today. A high in the mid-70s. A chance of showers and storms tonight. Low in the mid-60s. The popular community event, Flag City Night Out, is coming up later in the summer. Finley Police Officer Brian White says interactions they have with kids at events like Night Out go a long way.
2: Anytime that we as officers get a chance to interact with children at a younger age, it just helps build those bonds and uh, lets them know that we're someone that they can
1: turn to whenever they need help. Flag City Night Out includes free food and refreshments, live demonstrations, entertainment and other fun activities and much more. It'll be held on Tuesday, August 1st at Riverside Park beginning at 6 p.m. Get more details about Flag City Night Out with this story on our website. Federal prosecutors are recommending 16 to 20 years in prison for former Ohio House Speaker Larry Householder.
3: Court documents reveal prosecutors call Householder the mastermind behind one of the biggest corruption conspiracies in our state, amounting to approximately $60 million. Householder is expected to be sentenced Thursday.
1: I'm Angela Ann. The Hancock County Sheriff's Office says three people were injured in a two-vehicle crash just outside the city limits of Finley on the east side. The crash happened at the intersection of US 224 and Township Road 237. The Sheriff's Office said two people in the vehicle that was struck were taken to Blanchard Valley Hospital for minor injuries, and the driver in the other vehicle was treated at the scene. The intersection of US 224 and Township Road 237 is scheduled to be getting a traffic light, and you can get more details on that upcoming traffic signal planned for that intersection with this story on our website. The Columbus Dispatch ran an extensive article about 76-year-old Jack Hanna, the longtime director of the Columbus Zoo, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's four years ago.
3: Dispatch reporter Mike Wagner says it was important to the family to reach out to the millions who are struggling with Alzheimer's. So Wagner traveled to their home in Montana to spend time with the family. He says it was tough to take in because the Jack Hanna the world used to know... Is gone.
1: They were courageous and brave in sharing their story with the public and not being afraid to talk about the tough things.
3: But the family wants the world to know there are still times of joy. I'm Yolanda Harris.
1: And of course, you can always get more news online anytime at WFIN.com.
0: And now, our cover story this morning. We are joined in the studio by Findlay Area Apartment Association President Tom Ross who is kind of heading up a ballot initiative... To change a trio of city ordinances regarding zoning code changes, penalties for property code violations, and citizen input at council meetings. Which, if you pay attention, you know that those have all been kind of hot button issues of late. And Tom, thanks very much for uh, being with us. First of all, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. Let me uh, let me make sure that we that we clarify this because uh, we may have given a bit of a false impression when we were previewing uh, this segment on on Friday. This is not a personal crusade of yours. This is an effort of the Finley Area Apartment Association as a group. Is that correct?
2: Yes, that's correct. It's certainly not a personal crusade. Yeah. Uh, there are many folks involved in addition to the Apartment Association, actually.
0: So I want to go kind of point by point uh, on these three measures that you are looking to amend, looking to change uh, the the city ordinances. The first uh, with respect to zoning code changes. And this is maybe uh, the most dramatic change of the three that you are looking to make. Explain what change you want to make and, uh, with respect to this. Yes, sir.
2: Well, it it turns out that about 80 to 86 percent of all the legislation passed by city council and the mayor passed under the emergency clause. So that means that the the citizenry don't get a shot to comment on it or possibly even overturn it because anything passed under the emergency code cannot be referendum. So uh, unfortunately, a lot of housing changes and zoning changes and building changes happen, and the citizenry doesn't even know it happened until they get some sort of code violation. So the reason for this particular initiative is it isn't strictly for landlords. It affects all property owners. In fact, all these initiatives are for the community, not just the landlords, which was purported by the mayor in, in a Uh, misstatement in the courier. These these help all citizens. This preserves a person's individual property rights. So what it does is it doesn't say that city council can't do their job. What it simply says is if you do want to pass something, building code or maintenance code or zoning code change, the public gets to know about it and they have to put it on the ballot So that people get to vote on those things.
0: So this is, like I said, this may be the most dramatic change of the three uh, that that you're highlighting here in uh, this uh, ballot initiative. And the, the the counter argument is that this is the the job of uh, of council and the job of the zoning. Doesn't this doesn't this render the zoning committee the zoning board's uh, role pretty much moot uh, if every zoning code change has to go before voters?
2: No, that's that's actually incorrect, and that's again a misstatement purported by the mayor and the courier. She apparently didn't read it very well because it doesn't say that at all. What it simply says is you can pass zoning changes, but you have to put them on the ballot. And those are major changes. If somebody wants to change or close an alley off in their street or something zoning oriented, they can simply go before the zoning board. Those laws are already on the books. This is for all future laws that are new and any major changes. So it doesn't change that at all. That process is still in place. City council still can do their job, but... Up till now, they haven't been recognizing the will of the people. They haven't been allowing people to comment. They haven't been recognizing when people don't want certain changes. They simply ram things through without question. This stops that or slows it down such that people get to
0: comment. The other uh, argument uh, with respect to zoning code changes is this often uh, goes to the, speaks to the uh, issue of economic development and, uh, and things like that. And this would slow down uh, that process considerably if any zoning code changes have to wait until an election.
2: Well, that's not necessarily true either. Most of the economic development changes are in areas that are already zoned commercial or C1, C2 or industrial one, I1, I2. So it really wouldn't slow those down. If they wanted to do a development in the middle of the city in a residential area, then it should slow it down. People should have an opportunity to comment and Fair enough.
0: Uh, second measure that you were looking to uh, change with uh – uh, has to do with penalties for property code violations. And this one is a little bit more uh, complicated. So explain uh, what this is all about.
2: Sure. Uh, it's it's commonly referred to as the water shutoff rule, but the way it's written, it's called failure to comply with any city ordinance. And it's actually section 933.03 under the water city water rules, rights of the city, if your listeners care to look it up. And uh, what it specifically says is, any violation of any city ordinance or code, the city has the right to turn off your water whether your bill is paid or not. It's an abuse of power and it's called draconian law. And in fact, when our attorney who wrote all these initiatives, we hired a very, very prominent attorney, the Mendenhall Group out of Akron. When they read this, they couldn't believe that the law director would even pass such draconian law. So for example, here's a perfect example. If your sidewalk is a quarter of an inch out of a uh, uh, level, The city can shut your water off until you comply. And in fact, we had a woman when we were getting petitions signed this weekend who the very same thing happened. They shut her water off and her bill was paid.
0: So that was going to be my question. Are there cases where this has uh, been used? Because this seems like... Uh, sort of a last resort uh, uh, effort by the, the city or it seemed like this would be a last resort effort by the city to uh, ensure compliance.
2: It has been used and uh, we did refer that woman to our attorney. There have been several folks and I, I feel the city may be getting themselves another lawsuit which they seem to lose all of what all of them in a row. Uh, so the reality is it's not a last resort and it shouldn't even it's not even legal so it shouldn't be any resort at all
0: are there other, are there other recourses uh, available to the city because again i can see that, that i can see that being one of the uh, counter arguments is that the city needs some recourse to force compliance with property code violations which are certainly in the best in, in interest of the city as a whole
2: I understand. And yes, the city has many, many laws on the books uh, that they just simply don't enforce or don't enact. For example, the city, the former NEAT office, it's now under zoning code, has inspection ability, and they can actually bring police officers along and issue citations. Uh, Sometimes they abuse that power, which just happened with Matthias LaGuire. Again,
0: not without controversy of its own. Yes, correct.
2: Correct. Yes, sir. But the reality is the city has countless laws on the books. To maintain a city proper. And in fact, there's a building and maintenance code that had all municipalities had to adopt. We adopted it in July of 2015. It's life safety code. In other words, you can't you don't have rats running around your house. They, the, the city just simply doesn't enforce the ones that are on the books. And then they put something like this on that is draconian. It's, it's an abuse of power.
0: And again, as it relates to the Finley Area Apartment Association, one can certainly understand why this would be a concern to landlords.
2: Sure obviously because if your tenant does something that you can't control yeah and um, the city decides they want to shut the homeowners water off or even the land, even the, the the landlord's water city has that power
0: interesting and uh then the final point uh, has to do with citizen input uh at council meetings which just uh in the uh, past uh, month or so uh, <laughs> has become a, a very uh, contentious uh issue with respect to limiting the uh, amount of input that can be heard from citizens at council meetings and again this as you were saying relates back to the first point that we were talking about as well yes sir that's correct
2: so you have uh, a city council that's not listening to the people you have a mayor who's what is referred to commonly in the political world as a weak mayor or sometimes would be called a puppet mayor who doesn't isn't beholden to the citizenry she's beholden to special interest groups a weak council that doesn't listen to the people and back people up or represent the people, and a law director who clearly writes laws that aren't always in compliance with the law, hence this water shutoff rule. So, And then when people want to complain about it, they go to city council and they're shut down because city council has the ability to arbitrarily select who can talk and who doesn't and how long they can
0: talk. And so this uh, would remove that and basically it codifies uh, it. Mr. Yeah, Mr. Oakes, it codifi- codifies codifies it. the the ability of anyone who yeah. wants to uh, to to speak. That does again. You mentioned that it does relate to the other two mm-hmm. uh, uh, issues, uh, kind of broadly. But I wonder, is that particular provision more uh, an effort to generate broader support because that has uh, become something of an ire for a number of people with a number of different issues it um,
2: is true so. there are many many people when we're getting the petitions signed many That's many people that who people say
0: right res- hey, man that resonates with people sure more than it does anything, that third
2: one sure it, well they all resonate the the building code ones and the zoning codes there's a tremendous amount of activity out there right now the city is rattling their saber but
0: this one resonates with people too and are you in the process so kind of uh, where are you with this ballot initiative you're in the process of gathering signatures now
2: yes sir so the process is quite simple you have to have all initiatives drafted by an attorney which we did they're Mm -hmm. all legal and virtually unchallengeable in court we got them all uh, drafted and we have to go out and get enough signatures to get them on the ballot now i want you to understand we have uh, uh, probably another dozen of these, which we're going to continue with initiatives for the next 20 years if we have to, to try to put the city, bring the city back into compliance with listening to the citizenry. So these become, uh, uh, if they get on the ballot this, this term, great. If they don't, they'll be on the next ballot and the next ballot and the next ballot. We're not going away. We represent the, the community. We're trying to help the community have a voice and right now they don't
0: so that actually was the answer to the next question in their process of gathering signatures what is your goal for this is whenever you can get the signatures get it certified and get it yes on sir the ballot?
2: yes sir so we we get them all it's uh
0: the, oh, this, i'm sorry the, no i was gonna say this this does seem um i don't want to say a drastic measure but this is um I guess, for, in the minds of, of many, this could be seen as the uh, option of of last resort. Are there other recourses, other uh, measures that you've uh, attempted uh, to uh, change these uh, ordinances? Yes, through? yes.
2: We we have been trying to meet with the city for years. Uh, it really goes clear back to Tony already. We've had a series of I hate to use the term puppet mayors, but that's the political term. Weak puppet mayors. It started with Tony Riddy, it went to Lydia Mahalik, and now of course this this mayor. And we have asked multiple times to sit down and meet. And some of the initiatives that they've released or some of the for example the strategic plan, which attacks property rights, tax landlords. All those things, we've attempted to meet with the city well ahead of anything coming out, but they refuse to meet with us. They refuse to dialogue with us, and they won't listen. We go to city council and we talk to them. You've seen it in the paper. I've been in city council many times expressing our concerns with all of these draconian laws, and they just refuse to listen. They don't listen to the will of the people.
0: We will have to leave it there for now, but again, we will continue to follow the uh, the story. Again, Tom Ross, uh, local uh, real estate agent, Finley Area Apartment Association president. Thanks very much for dropping by. We've Thanks,
2: been- Mr. Oaks. Love your show.
0: So last week, the... North Central Ohio chapter of the American Red Cross recognized and celebrated its volunteers, who are, of course, critical to carrying out the work that they do, both locally and around the country. And more are always needed. Uh, Director Todd James is with us on the line this morning. And Todd, first of all, thanks very much for uh, taking the time. I uh, want to uh, talk about this uh, volunteer recognition a little bit, simply because, as we mentioned, without volunteers, and I know you did you know, a lot of other uh you know uh, housekeeping things at uh, at uh, your event last week as well but focusing specifically on the volunteers because it is true without the volunteers you wouldn't be able to do what it is that you do
4: you're absolutely right without volunteers there would be no american red cross uh you know over over 90% of the work that the american red cross does is done by volunteers and we have an amazing group here in north central ohio and across the country uh, and we always need more in all areas, not just disaster, uh, not just the blood drives, but in everything we do, there are opportunities for folks to get involved.
0: In what ways? I mean, talk a little bit about some of the things that volunteers uh, will will do for the American Red Cross, what you call on uh, these folks to to
4: help you do. Sure. Well, I mean, when we talk about disaster and disaster response, you know, every, as, you know, every aspect of it, Um, involves the need for volunteers from being there right after a disaster here locally, a home fire or a storm, and making sure that those that have been affected have shelter and food and comfort. Uh, up to the bigger disasters, you know, the ones that, that you, uh, hear about in the news and, and folks come, from across the country to help. Um, those are very specialized training because everybody that's out on one of those is focusing on a specific area, whether it might be working in a warehouse, driving a forklift, or if it's, uh, you know, making sure that everybody who's coming to help has a place to stay. And, uh, of course, the folks that are working in the shelter, the folks that are preparing thousands of meals a day. Um, all, you know, it's volunteers that are doing that, volunteers who are helping our military families and service members when we get a uh, an emergency communication request. And our Hero Care Network goes to work uh, verifying the information and getting the request off to uh, a service member's command wherever they are to help the family. Those are volunteers that are working and doing that work. And right down to helping out at a blood drive just by sitting at the welcoming table and getting folks registered as they come in or helping them in the canteen, giving them some juice and cookies afterwards. To work in a couple of hours a week in our office, helping us with our administrative duties and, and everything that goes on behind the scenes uh, and that's that's just literally a few of the many many opportunities we have available so when
0: uh so when folks uh, can volunteer, they can sort of um, i guess steer that volunteer uh, that volunteer volunteer hours to wherever they're most comfortable because i I know that there will be some people. Oh. You know who are more comfortable uh, doing one aspect of those uh, those things that you mention, uh, yep. maybe more than others.
4: Yeah, very much so. I mean, the volunteer decides what they are going to do. Yeah. Um, I think you know when I when I go out and I talk to folks, especially about being a disaster volunteer, that's that's one of the first things I, I try to clear up. Uh, you know, if you sign up to become a Red Cross disaster volunteer and you want to help out locally and and be here in the community for when things happen uh that is that is a great need we have really a big need for those in every county that's part of our north central ohio chapter and signing up for that doesn't automatically mean that we're going to hand you a plane ticket and send you out to california sure. for a wildfire it you know it's up to the volunteer uh um, what they do and, and where they do it you know the volunteer decides what how much time they've got to give and and what they're interested in doing and
0: how does somebody go about uh, the process of, uh, of volunteering? This is the other uh, part. of I would imagine for some of the uh, volunteer uh, opportunities, some of the things that you need people for, it's pretty self-explanatory and probably pretty straightforward. And then there are others that are a bit more involved and probably involve some training and so on.
4: Oh, very much. Um, so there's a couple easy ways to get started. You can go online to our website, redcross.org slash volunteer, um, and you uh, sign up. We use a system called Volunteer Connection, so you'll just make yourself a, a quick volunteer connection account and, and get registered, and we go from there and find out what you want to do, and we'll talk with you, and if there is training involved, we'll take care of that for you. Um, you can call us at 800-RED-CROSS. Uh, Stop in the office anytime. We're at 125 Fair Street in Finley. You can stop in and see us. And as a matter of fact, if you want to put this on your calendar, uh, Friday, July 21st, we are going to have an ice cream social at our Finley office so you can uh, get the scoop on some of the volunteer opportunities and find the one that's right for you. So we're going to be serving up ice cream and talking about uh, volunteer opportunities, getting folks signed up and and starting their training and everything. Um, And, again, that's going to be from noon to 1 on Friday, July 21st at our uh, Finley office. Um, So we would love for folks to come along and uh, come over and have some ice cream on us, and we'll tell you all about it. But if that date isn't good, call us or stop in any time.
0: Get the scoop on volunteer opportunities. I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> I feel
4: like that. <laughs> you also, and and
0: we should uh, also uh, mention that even if uh, somebody is is not necessarily uh, interested or uh, available for the volunteer opportunities, you do have a number of of uh, disaster training uh, or emergency training uh, programs that are available uh, for anyone. Uh, many of them available even online
4: oh yeah, this is uh, uh one of the great things that that we offer um, you know do a lot of emergency preparedness trainings in the community and 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 a lot of that information is online almost all of the Uh, training that we do for disaster, I won't say all of it, but a big portion of it, uh, we have taken online to uh, make it easier for volunteers. Instead of having to sit in the classroom for four or six hours at a time, now they can take the trainings online Mm -hmm. at their convenience and and at their pace. Um, Same with a lot of our, you know, the trainings that we do for first aid and CPR and such. We've we've shifted a lot of those to uh, an online base also, so people can get a lot of that training um, before they come in to practice the skills, they'll do a lot of the work online at their own pace. And that um,
0: and that is uh, information that is good for everyone to know, regardless of their statuses uh, as volunteers. This uh, again, just want to emphasize this yeah. type of uh, training is available for anyone who is interested. It's good stuff for everyone to know.
4: Yeah, very much. I would encourage you to visit our website and just click under training or get prepared. Uh, tons of information. Uh, you know, we've got. We are in severe weather season. Mm. We we had a, a good chance of severe storms in the area yesterday, of course. And uh, we always tell folks you've got to be ready before the storm hits. So Absolutely. there's a great advice in there and and lists on how to build your family emergency kit and the steps you need to take. So yeah, if you visit our website, you'll find a a great, great source of information and training there.
0: And of course, uh, the the summer season is a uh, big time uh, for emergencies as well. Good time to uh, uh, refresh your skills and make sure that you uh, know what you need to know to uh, keep yourself and your family uh, safe during the uh, summer season. Again, uh, Todd James, the uh, North Central Ohio chapter, of the American Red Cross, again, uh, recognizing big salute to uh, all of the volunteers who make their work possible uh, in that uh, I- event last week and always want to recognize the volunteers. We've got a link up on our webpage for more information about how you can become a Red Cross volunteer as well. Todd, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
4: Hey, Chris. Thank you very much. I uh, hope everybody has a, a safe and fun summer and um, you know, that includes being trained and being safe uh, when you're swimming and things like that. So if you have any questions about any of, of those areas, give us a call. We would love to make sure that your summer is the best it can be. This is Good Mornings with Chris Oakes on 1330 WFIN, WFIN.com and 95.5 FM.
2: We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news
0: alert. <laughs> Uh, in Rhode Island, a uh, woman who, what now, let me see if I can uh, you know, lay this out for you. there's um, a uh, woman whose name is not given uh, in this report, uh, said she was uh, preparing to take a shower. Um, so she's getting all ready uh, to, to take her shower. She's in her bathroom and she hears a buzzing sound outside of her window. Uh, she throws on a robe, goes to investigate, and sees a drone hovering outside her bedroom window. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of an electronic peeping Tom. Um, she then runs outside <laughs> once the uh, once she discovered the drone trying to peep inside of her of her window. She runs outside. The drone attempts to flee the scene, but hits a branch in a tree, which allowed the woman to grab the drone and throw it into her swimming pool. (laughs) Peeping Tom, uh, whoever it was, uh, found his drone at the bottom of the pool uh, after she caught the device outside of her bedroom window uh the uh, drone she called police the drone was traced to one christopher jones who has been charged with video voyeurism (laughs) well good for her i didn't even know that was a that was a thing but i guess prevalence of drones these days do all kinds of improper things with them if you were so inclined i suppose but she got the last laugh (laughs) um speaking of neighbor disputes this actually was an online tiktok video uh user tiffany mirage uh tiffany mirage i don't know if that's her real name uh She's uh, posted a uh, video in which uh, two people can be seen using a chainsaw to chop off the top of a neighbor's fence. (laughs) The video caption reads, Our neighbor has taken our fence down without any papers. She has threatened our contractors and has caused chaos in the neighborhood. However, the woman destroying the fence seems to think that she is in the right. And uh, the reaction on TikTok has been divided. Um, the uh, the woman destroying the fence says it is actually too high and is preventing the plants in her yard from receiving sunlight. It's killing her plants. Neighbor's fence. Uh, this, by the way, is uh, in Toronto. And they actually have regulations on the permitted height of backyard fences. And it turns out the fence was at an illegal height, so the neighbor... Actually, in one level, is helping them out. Can you imagine? Uh, there your neighbor takes a chainsaw to your fence. I don't know. I just thought that was weird. Um, I mean, neighbor disputes getting to that level. When chainsaws get involved. You generally have a problem. Uh, some of the uh, items from the international file of the broken news on this Monday morning. Christian Roberto Lopez Rodriguez. He lives in Spain, and he has become something of a celebrity for, uh, I guess this was a competition recently, successfully ran 100 meters, which is a little longer than 100 yards. You know, you have the 100-meter dash. So he uh, completed the 100-meter dash in 12.2 seconds, all while wearing three-inch heels. <laughs> The 34-year-old said it was not the first time he ran in high f- high-heeled footwear. Uh, apparently, in Spain there are races like this, and they have always gone well for me, he said. Video footage shows Mr. Rodriguez sprinting in a red jacket and black shorts and high heels uh, down the uh, down a paved road. Or 100 meters, he said. I find it very challenging to be able to run in high heels at high speed. That's actually making pretty good time. Uh, Less than 13 seconds uh, in high heels. I know a few people who couldn't run 100 uh, 100 meter dash in 13 seconds. Not in high heels. Uh, A couple of other items here. Now, this is weird. Uh, The Art Moving Company. This is a prominent moving company based in Osaka, Japan. Uh, found itself knee-deep in embarrassment when a video of two of its employees engaged in a rather bizarre act went viral online, causing an uproar on social media. In the peculiar uh, video footage, one unsuspecting employee found himself being tied naked inside of a truck while his co-workers entertained themselves by flicking rubber bands at him. What What are we, 12 now all of a sudden? Um, as news of this eyebrow-raising spectacle spread like wildfire, the company had no choice but to issue a formal apology earlier this month, according to local news reports. Uh, the company says the video was actually taken in 2019, adding an extra le- layer of confusion to the mix. Why one of the rubber-flicking culprits remains on the payroll, the other made a timely escape from the moving madness earlier this year. <laughs> and is just now coming to light. In their apologetic statement, a moving company representative promised through uh, a thorough internal investigation and strict disciplinary action. <laughs> Four years later. <laughs> <clears throat> Probably doesn't do much for employee recruitment. You know what I mean? And... <laughs> That's and weird. And finally, in the broken news this morning, uh, a sad story. The highly anticipated Pick Your Own Cherries event in England has been unceremoniously scrapped, all because a gang of audacious blackbirds decided to turn the occasion into their own gourmet feast. The event, scheduled to span five glorious days, Uh, beginning later this week, the cherry-filled fiesta was set to be the talk of the town, according to the BBC. However, a spokesperson revealed that these cunning blackbirds, known for their devilish antics, swooped in like culinary ninjas and left no cherry unpicked (laughs) before they could hold the festival The cherry-picking festival, the blackbirds beat them to it and picked all the cherries themselves. A staggering 80 cherry trees fell victim to the appetites of the blackbirds. Uh, The event is not actually over. They've just decided to pivot to apple-picking later in the year. (laughs) So uh, plan B, I guess. Oh, man, that's unfortunate. There you go. Uh, That is uh, today's broken news report, an update on the odd and unusual side of the headlines. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: When you're behind the wheel, it's okay to rock out to your music. But it's not okay to interact with your phone screen and electronic devices while driving. In most cases, anything more than a single touch or swipe is against the law. That means no texting, no typing, no scrolling, no shopping, no browsing. If an officer sees a violation, they can pull you over. So remember, Ohio, phones down. It's the law.
0: And now your daily download: the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. Home affordability these days is so out of reach that, according to a recent survey of two thousand current non-homeowners, only fifty-three percent are confident in any way that they will ever be able to own their own home some someday. Only fifty-three percent, two out of five Americans believe that they would need to win the lottery become, to become homeowners. Uh, 40% think hitting the jackpot in the lottery is their best chance at home ownership. One in four, 26%, believe that they would need to inherit money from someone wealthy in order to ever own their own home, a rich relative or something. One in five, 19%, believe that they would have to marry someone rich, in order to afford their own. That really speaks to uh, home affordability or the perception thereof. Um, Overall, the average American believes it would take them between three and four years to avoid a home. One third believe it would take them five years or more. And another 20% expect that they will never be able to afford their own home. Joining us this morning with an update of uh, what's going on during the uh, month of July, the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts, along with a, a preview of the upcoming season of shows, Heather Clough, the MCPA. Heather, thanks very much for dropping by. Thank you. Good morning. just recently announced the uh, the main stage series and uh, the, the family series, uh, Live at Arms, all yeah. of these things uh, coming up, and I want to get to that in, uh, in a moment because it is a terrific season. Uh, a couple of things that are ongoing uh, through the month of July, we need to mention uh, Lunchtime Live and the Riverside Civic Concert Series. Yeah, continues.
3: so those are both in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, Lunchtime Live is at the the Waterfall Pavilion, and then the Riverside the Civic Band Series is in the band shell. and they're free shows. Tuesdays at, uh, one uh, starting at 11.30 okay. for Lunchtime Live. Okay. And then uh, Wednesday evenings for the Civic Band Series.
0: And uh, the uh, Finley Civic Band is going to be performing this Wednesday. It's their uh, annual uh, pre-4th of July uh, yes. All-American concert. I'll be there for that. So uh, hopefully everybody will stop by uh, for uh, that event. Also, uh, the food trucks uh, continue. Yes, yep. We'll have them in July and August and hopefully September, weather permitting. Yep. And a couple of, and those are Wednesdays, Wednesdays, right? The first Wednesday of the month, just once a month. Yeah. Uh and then a, a couple of uh, of camp things uh, coming up uh, performing arts camp yes. uh later uh, well I guess here just a couple of weeks yeah not too far away it's almost july yeah hard to believe and uh the youth theater academy uh right after that
3: yes those are the two camps that we do in the summer that's
0: really exciting the are there still there. Uh, can folks still sign up so for the those the older kids you
3: can the older okay. ki- the younger kids is filled up um they fill up pretty quickly. People yeah. want to come to the MCPA, a nice air-conditioned MCPA. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And a, and a great way to you know, get uh, kids involved in the uh, theater and exactly. the whole creative side. And exactly.
3: Of and stuff. and they put on shows that in that one week. They learn the aspects of putting on a whole show. So it's
0: very fun. Uh, so uh, more details on that are at the uh, website yes. as well. Yes, MCPA.org. And uh, one uh, event, and I think we're going to talk more about this uh, later on in the week, but uh, Findlay Rocks the 60s uh, yes. is coming up at the end of july yes on
3: the 29th and that's featuring all the local and regional artists that um were really popular in the 60s i didn't get to experience that but i've i've seen the exhibit at the historical museum and we're going live with it it'll be like a trip back in time it will be, be absolutely and uh Reg Routsen is working hard to, to get all the the
0: players together. Well, again, that has been uh, sort of an ongoing exhibit at the Hancock Historical Museum that I know a lot of folks have have really enjoyed. So the chance to you know bring it to the stage and exactly. uh, uh, all of that, and tickets are going
3: horrifying. fast for that. That's yeah. a popular one.
0: So uh, sooner rather than later exactly. to, uh, to get in. That is uh, on the uh, main stage. Then the main stage series uh, actually is right around the corner. The first show is in late September, and what a way to uh, begin it with Marie Osmond. Yes, we are so excited to
3: bring Marie Osmond. Um,
0: I don't think she's ever been to Finley before, from what I hear. She was uh, posting, uh, it was funny, uh, she actually posted about that show uh, right after it was announced on her Facebook page, uh, that she was uh, coming to Findlay, and right away somebody uh, jumped in and said, "Make sure you go to Deeches." <laughs>
3: so I got their plug
0: in. That's great. <laughs> yeah, that was that was uh, awesome. But that's uh, that's. Good. I mean, what a performer!
3: Yeah, I mean, she's been doing it for sixty years. Hmm. Um, you know, doing a little research around getting ready to announce the show and like Paper Roses. She was the youngest country artist ever debut. That yeah,
0: high. I, I mean. You talk 60 years, and, and it doesn't seem like she's that old, but she's not because she started when she, she right. was she incredibly was like 13,
3: young. Yeah. yeah,
0: unbelievable. Yeah. And, you know, I grew up watching the Donnie and Marie show. Sure, absolutely. She's been on
3: Broadway, she's done everything.
0: Yeah. A uh, couple of uh, Broadway musicals yes. uh, in the uh, series this year, the first of which in October is Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman, the musical.
3: Yep. So it's based on the 90s sitcom, uh, movie, rom com that everybody mm-hmm. loved. Right. Uh, music by. Uh, Ryan Brian Adams, sorry, not Ryan Adams. Brian Adams. So it's got a real like '90s rock feel. I, I did not know that. Yeah, cool. yeah. And it was on. I think it was on Broadway for a year. It opened in Chicago first, and then moved to Broadway for a year. Won a couple of awards, and you know, and it really recreates the the movie. So the scene where he snaps the jewelry case, yeah. and The costumes are all very true to the movie. Yeah. Gary Marshall, who directed the movie, he um, helped with the script. So, you know, it's really true. Uh,
0: The other uh, musical uh, that is part of the season is Chicago, the musical, which, uh, again, many people may have seen on the stage or have seen the movie.
3: Yeah. Yep. There was a movie of it as well. Mm -hmm. It's closing our season. We said we're ending with a little razzle dazzle in May of 2024. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been around forever and it's such a great show. How cool is it
0: for these Broadway shows to be back uh, and and touring again? Because I know, you know, obviously with the pandemic and there were a lot of uh, logistical things that had to be worked out before, you know, these performers could go back out on tour. and Broadway tours were some of the last to come back. Yeah. Um, Not only
3: because they're big groups of people, you know, you get Mm -hmm. one musician and it's fairly easy, but there's a number of unions involved as well, and they were really protecting their members. Mm -hmm. So, like, um, the actors' equity was really protective, and there were a lot of things they had to do before they could come back.
0: And I would imagine sort of behind the scenes in in terms of booking, there's got to be tremendous pent-up demand for these shows. Right. Too.
3: Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and we only do one what we call one-offs. So one night in in our theater, mm-hmm. you know, so priority goes to someplace that can book four, five, six nights of a show.
0: Yeah. So to get two of them, uh, that is uh, awesome. And those are two really good gets. Yeah, so uh, now for Christmas, the Christmas show is an evening under the street lamp uh an evening with under the street lamp uh, hip to the holidays right for those who are not familiar talk a little bit about this group under the street lamp
3: yeah so they were part of our inaugural season back in 2016 and they are that was started by a quartet that was doing jersey boys in chicago and all the people in it are broadway actors or movie actors and they recreate doo motown all the classics um but then they At a Holiday Twist. They have a very popular album called Hip to the Holidays. And they've been on PBS more than like 600 times or something. They're they're definitely, they're fantastic. And they dance and it's it's like a whole big show.
0: That is going to be a terrific uh, Christmas show. And that is on Thursday, December 14th. Uh, And then Sarah Evans is the other big headliner on the main stage series uh, coming up in February. Yes. Yep. And she's a country singer um she's had like 10 number one hits i
3: believe and multiple studio albums um she was the last show i booked i'm telling people i actually confirmed the show on noon the day we announced the season it was <laughs> well, a remember, little
0: stressful <laughs> uh, i remember the last time we had you here we were kind of previewing this uh, this announcement and you had mentioned that there was one that yeah, still we'll had hold yet out. to be out. Yep. and i was going to ask
3: which one that yep, was it so. was sarah <laughs> she gave me a few gray hairs but we got it <laughs>
0: <laughs> now, uh, tickets for the main stage series actually go on sale today. Tomorrow. That right? so Tomorrow. Right, well, the, Tomorrow. right
3: now they're on sale to donors. Okay. Um, and if you're really interested in one of these shows, I would highly recommend making a donation because they're selling very well. Yeah. Um, and then tomorrow at 11 a.m. they go on sale without a donation.
0: Okay, so to the general public, they go on sale uh, tomorrow. And uh, as in the past, uh, you've got season ticket options and Absolutely. all of that?
3: Yep, so if you buy the whole main stage series, you save 15%. If you buy the main stage and the family series, you get 20% off. So you basically get the family show for free. The family show is for free.
0: Now, the family shows, uh, there are two of those. Yes. Tell us about those.
3: Yep. So we're, we have a family-style Broadway show as well, Madagascar the Musical, which is based on the the animated film that everybody loves. It's mm-hmm. the story of the, the zoo animals that escape the, the Bronx, the Central Park Zoo, and yeah. make their way to Madagascar. Um, Youth Theater did a, a local production of it a few years ago and really popular. Mm-hmm.
0: And then the magic of Bill Blagg. so a magic show. Yes, I think that's
3: another one of the first. We haven't had much magic on stage. Um, yeah. he's very theatrical. He walks through the blades of an industrial fan, I'm told. So my favorite, <laughs> wow. sto- yeah, so my favorite story Kids, about that. Kids, don't try this I know, at home. Definitely don't. My <laughs> my mom came to the a season announcement. And afterwards, she pulled me aside and she goes is that on your insurance or his?
0: <laughs> I'm like, that is a very good question. That is a good question. That is a good question. So uh, again, those tickets go on sale uh, to the uh, general public tomorrow, Tomorrow, both right. the main stage and the, uh, the family series. And you know, how cool is it? We were, we were talking uh, last week, the, uh, the Ritz theater and Tiffin announced their yeah. uh, season of show going to be a terrific season uh, over there as well. We are so fortunate to have uh, so much great entertainment here locally but especially the Marathon Center, because you know, with the uh, with the Broadway shows, it's right. it's something that isn't done in many places, especially this size.
3: Right, and you have to have the right size stage, mm-hmm. and the, you know all the the bells and whistles backstage. So this yeah. community was very forward thinking when they. Revamped that space and they knew they wanted Broadway.
0: Yeah, they're able to do it. We're excited. That is uh, terrific stuff. We have a uh, link up on our webpage for more information uh, about the stuff uh, that's going on through the summer and, of course, the uh, upcoming series of shows at the Marathon Center for the Performing Arts. So you can check that out online. And and Heather Klo, the MCPA. Thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. And that will finish up our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. And of course, remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each and every day on the show at our webpage. Check us out online at goodmornings.net. Coming up tomorrow on the program, while schools around the country are out for the summer, a bill introduced earlier this year could make it safer for students when they return. It has bipartisan support, but no movement so far in Congress, something the American Heart Association hopes to change. We'll get details. So until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow.